0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas, and I'll be your host. And this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, drop shipping, and how you can generate a recurring income, either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day, and welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. And today, we welcome Anthony Cofrancesco, who joins us this week from Virtuous Graphics. He's the founder there. And uh, Anthony shares his experience optimizing listings and, by extension, creating successful launches on Amazon. And uh, he and the team have literally got hundreds of PickFu tests under their belt these days, having done lots of tests and image testing. So they know what works and you know, what works best and what doesn't work when it comes, comes to main image optimization. So uh, if you want to improve the click-through rates onto your listing where all the sales happen, uh, you should have a listen to this episode today. And some of the results actually might surprise you. Anyway, speaking of PickFu, uh, they actually sent me recently a promo code which you can use for your first fifty uh, percent off your first test. So it's kind of like a little plug for PickFu, I suppose. But if you use uh, a coupon code which is AU Seller, it's all one word. Uh, that'll save you fifty percent off your first test. Uh, it is. Uh, it's a. It's an affiliate code, I think, so I'll get a couple of bucks and a cup of coffee if you happen to want to use it, but it will save you, you know, quite a bit of money off your first test, so it's uh, probably worth giving it a shot. Uh, there's also a few video demos on the Australian Seller Facebook page about how to use it and when you should use it that I'll put together, so if you want to see those just join the Facebook group, just head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. Now, uh, next week is going to be the India trip, so I'm not sure whether I'll be able to get a show out next week, but I'll try my best. But of course, Megla who is the most organized woman in the world uh, is already planning her next tour for April in 2020 to New Delhi for the trade show there. So she's offering a super early bird discount, which takes a thousand US dollars off the ticket price. So if you head over to trip.com she'll tell you everything that you need to know for next year and uh, yeah, you get yourself going there. Uh, now, also we've got the chat boss chat bot workshop coming up with Regina. That's happening on Thursday, the 31st of October. But before that. Uh, We also have on Tuesday, the 27th of October, I'm co-hosting an Amazon meetup at the Honey Bar in Melbourne with Retail Global and Pioneer, and potentially one other. Uh, So I had a meeting with the guys yesterday, actually, and this is going to be a more advanced session. So we're not really going to be focusing too much on beginners. Uh, It's more about, you know, sort of how and when to increase your worldwide presence on Amazon. So, you know, launching your products into other Amazon marketplaces and how you can grow your store internationally. Um, so, anyway, let's get on with the show. Here's a Flock of Seagulls to take us into today's episode with Anthony Cofrancesco from Virtuous Graphics. welcome to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. And today, I am thrilled to welcome Anthony co to the microphone and to the show. Thank you very much for joining me today. Anthony, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks so much for having me on. I've been watching your show for a while. Uh, Michael Michelini made the intro, so I was very excited to to finally get on your podcast.
0: <laughs> That's very kind of you to say so. Now, listen, you're also, I'm assuming, the CEO of Virtuous Graphics. Is that right?
1: So, I used to be the director of operations. I'm, I'm one of the co-founders with my business partner, Eric Rodriguez, but we actually just sold to a private equity company called AlphaRock Capital. So, it was a little bit strange for me going from not having a boss to now having a boss, but right now, I'm just running the sales organization and still the co-founder running from that direction.
0: That's awesome. I'm doing a little bit of work with Alpha Rock Capital as well at the moment. It's really fun. Now, but today... Uh, We are going to talk about a bunch of different topics. We're going to talk about the future and what you think is or certainly the directions that are happening particularly around uh, listing optimization and trends around that and I think we're also going to talk about some of the mistakes that people make when they're launching their products. I reckon that's going to be really juicy. Uh, Yeah, so let's just kick off. Let's get into the future. What are you you seeing? The top, maybe top three trends, I suppose, for the future of listing optimization?
1: Yeah, so... You know the first thing I'll say is so I actually used to work at Amazon I worked there for about a year out of a fulfillment center in Houston doing operations management and a lot of people always ask they're like hey do you have any any insider tips can you teach me how to like hack the algorithm and 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 do crazy stuff and the answer I always give like the biggest insider tip and it's going to kind of walk into my ideas for what the top 3 tr- trends are for 2020 is something that's publicly known on Amazon. And that's really what what Bezos really tries to push the biggest. They talk about it every single day at work. And that's that they want to be the most customer-centric company in the world. Right? They care about a lot of different things. But what they really want to be focused on is how can we give the best buying experience to the customer. So a lot of where Amazon is going and where I feel it's going is to look at customer shopping on the platform and how can they make that process as smooth as possible? How can they make it as frictionless as possible? But how can they also give the best buying decisions to the customer when they're at the point of sale? So what I really see big term for selling on Amazon in terms of listing optimization, things that are going to help out that buying process, it comes down to 3 really big things. 3D renders is a really big one. This new customized storefront design, I'll talk a lot about that because I think that's really cool. And then also video. Video is something that we all know what video is, but it's something that's very new to the Amazon platform. Only recently, as of within the past year, have they really opened it up widespread to all sellers that are brand registered, being able to put videos not just on your listing, but in your storefront as well. And now even moving into some pay-per-click advertising with video.
0: Cool. Three D renders is an interesting one for me because one of the policies is um, you're not allowed to use graphics for a main image and then to take an actual picture of a product. But I am seeing more and more that just the quality of three D renders is enabling people to. Is it? Are we getting away with it if we're using a three D render as a main image, or or is it okay?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question, and that's why I really brought up that point that we made in the beginning because. Technically, according to Amazon Terms of Service for your image gallery, 3D renders are not allowed, right? It's very clear on the language there. Mm. That being said, we've been doing this for, you know, me personally, since quitting my job at Amazon. I've been seeing projects at Virtus Graphics, different clients doing a lot of research on listings. And I see 3D renders all around the internet, and Amazon doesn't seem to care. When we really started diving deep into it, it seemed very apparent that there's some products that look amazing as a 3D render, right? Anything with a single plastic or silicon texture, things, again, that are not textured, things that have a flat, really, uh, I guess you would say, um, a a flat kind of uh, color texture on it. Things like that look a lot better, typically than the real item would if you would try to shoot it on a white background, right? A really good example of this is like a silicon phone case, especially when you have to, you're trying to present the product in a way in three-dimensional space, which would be very difficult to do in the real world. the, 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 The renders tend to look a lot better. Now with other products like clothing products, for example, things that are textured, the 3D render won't look realistic at all. And I think what Amazon has done is they are very much looking at it and saying, hey, if this actually does a better job of depicting what the product looks like and what you're going to receive, again, if it's going to be a better buying process for the customer, then we're fine with 3D renders. And I think they would actually even prefer 3D renders in certain scenarios where where the, the image actually looks better.
0: Yeah. I had, a, I had a guest actually recently, a good friend of mine, Michael Hartman, who came on the show. And that's actually one of the things that he's doing is building out upwards of... I, Think like forty thousand, or he's built out eighty thousand different listings, but um, but he was he's using three D renders massively to to build out the amount of SKUs that he has. The other thing I think as well for Amazon, sort of more technically, is that you know they don't have people there sitting, kind of looking at you know the pixel by pixel at every picture that gets uploaded to Amazon by sellers. So you know, they're trying to do trying to weed out images that are not terms of service friendly using an algorithm and i I think for three d renders, the algorithm just can 't say that it 's a three d render versus a a real product so yeah yeah
1: i totally I totally agree with that you know I, I actually met Michael maybe two years ago back at Global sources in Hong Kong, mm. and we had a long discussion. One of the other really cool advantages of of using three d renders, two really big ones, one for like a main image, is just symmetry. imagine if i 'm selling a these different kitchen supplies, like a spatula and a spoon, and they're all plastic. And I want to have this really cool main image where they're symmetrically laid out in a fan, right? When I'm working in a computer environment, I can make sure that is exactly symmetrical Mm -hmm. versus trying to shoot that in the real world, suiting it up by eye. You might get it pretty good, but what you probably don't realize is if you look at the A version and the B version, one that's laid out on a computer and one that's laid out by someone's eyes, you can instantly spot the different incongruities with symmetry when you're looking at it. The other really cool thing, which Michael does a lot of, and he showed me, he had this really cool drone that he had made a 3D render for is what you're able to do with videos with having the product explode and you can kind of see the inner anatomy and the inner working of a product. That again is super, super cool. Something you could never ever do with
0: yeah. An actual item. <laughs> Just taking it apart. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Really interesting the way the direction that it's going. And I I would am I would I be correct in saying that sometimes too a 3D render is a lot cheaper than you know getting a professional photographer to take a really nice picture of something?
1: Yeah, so that's what really depends. You know, again, 3D renders, I think the biggest application is for white background, for showing the internal workings of a product. The thing about 3D renders is if it's a simple product, right? you're going to see one product in our in our portfolio that's coming out, which is like a fractional weight plate. It's just a circular disc. Making mm. a 3D render is super easy. So you send that over to an artist and you might only pay $100 and now you have an unlimited amount of angles. You can put this in for lifestyle or different scenarios with something that's a little bit more complicated, something that has a little bit more... Uh, you know, things on the things that you have to actually design, those things can take weeks. And so in that case, a 3d renderer is not going to be cost efficient whatsoever. Mm. If you're able to build off a template, it's definitely, definitely a little bit cheaper. The other thing too, that's really interesting, Chris, I I saw this for the very first time when maybe about a year ago, there's actually a really cool integration for iPhone as well. And it's coming out to different platforms. Mm -hmm. Amazon doesn't currently have this, but this works with Shopify stores that if I actually have a 3D render, let's say I've got a plant or a chair is an even better example. And I want to see how it fits in my room. You can actually use your phone just through Shopify, put that Item in your home, and through kind of augmented reality, when you twist your phone around, you can see what would that chair look like if it was in this room. So that's kind of the other really cool application for 3D renders. Amazon doesn't do it yet, mm-hmm. but I think it's something that eventually will come to the platform. That if you have a home goods product like a lighting fixture, you could just pull up your phone, tap it to where you want to be, and say, "Okay, how would it look? How did the sizing fit in my environment?"
0: Mm-hmm. The other thing I've seen on Amazon too, kind of speaking about that is the, oh, what's it called? You know, the thing when you, you, it's usually the last image and instead of people uploading videos to their brand registered products, they, they upload like a seed th- and spin 360, like you can actually spin the product around in this, in the, on the product page. Is that using a 3D render as well? Or is that just someone kind of taking a picture of, I don't know, a chair and, and having it, sp- just taking it a lot of times and creating like a little animated GIF. How do those sort of things work on Amazon? Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So sometimes it's going to come from a 3D render. The thing about that is if it's actually a 3D render, once you start putting it into a video, you're going to know that it's a 3D render, but you're kind of just going to accept, Hey, this is to show me how the product works. The really cool 360 spins. That's usually done. That's usually done with like a stop motion camera. Usually have a DSLR that's on this kind of turning base that takes a bunch of individual photos and. I don't know if you know this too. This is a cool tip for the audience. You know, I work for Virtuous Graphics, but I just want to see sellers do well at the end of the day. Um, Square, the people that do payment processing, actually recently just opened, starting to do white background images for Mm e-commerce. And one of the things they offer for like $30 is they'll give you a 360 shot of of a product and they just have this thing on a robot this camera on a robot that does it for you so cool little tip
0: thank you excellent tip thank you very much now the other thing let's move on from 3d readers we've spent a lot of time on these little suckers uh we've we've also got the storefronts that you mentioned as well that was a second sort of trend that you're seeing so talk us through that what are your thoughts there?
1: Yeah, I'll go through these and I'll go through them quick. I know we spend a lot of time oh, on renders. Storefront s- storefront design is essentially like if you click on your brand name, so let's say mine's Tony's selling supplies, I click on it. Most people it's just gonna lead to a very boring, very blank white page that shows the different ASINs you're selling, and that's it. If you're a brand registered seller, you can actually go and create this entirely customized storefront. What a lot of people don't know is that this storefront is pretty much unlimited. We had our graphic design team test this. You can make the page go for pretty much as long as you want. You can create different product categories and families that are just little tabs, just like you would be on a website. Not only can you show what your actual product is, it'll show like the blip of the listing, but it'll also, you can put infographics on, you can put banners and you can put video. So if you're someone who is selling and you've got a brand, maybe a brand that's a little bit difficult to navigate because it's got a lot of different variations or it's got a lot of different product types that are all related to maybe a parent ASIN or a different Brand of uh, brand of products. It's a much easier way for your customers to navigate your products and to see what else you're selling.
0: And they also create amazingly powerful landing pages, don't they, for advertising not only through Amazon but also traffic that you might be driving in from outside of Amazon, like from Facebook or Google Ads in in various countries. So, yeah, the I've got a couple of clients now that are using. Um, storefront pages and yeah we've been able to put videos and then drive traffic to the to those videos which and and frankly with some of these products that my clients sell um they they kind of need videos to actually explain how they work and what they do and that's the best way to communicate the benefits of those products to customers and uh yeah we, we see awesome uh conversion rates from our advertising when we're driving traffic directly to those to those uh those pages through a storefront and you're right it is kind of like having a website inside of amazon right
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I guess the next thing we'll talk about is video. But the really interesting thing about video now is video on Amazon has a very, very low view rate, a very low view rate. But I think what's happening with the storefront and what you're saying is people actually getting to your storefront before they'd get to an individual listing is I think Amazon, what they're trying to do is they don't want you to leave the platform, right? Obviously, because then you're not going to buy. So I think you're going to see Amazon try to pull a lot of this video content, a lot of where you'd go to YouTube to be like, hey, how does this product work? They want you to find those answers inside of Amazon, preferably from the person who's selling it so you can get the most accurate information. And so I think this storefront, these recommendations, these how-to guides, the related video shorts that you're going to see at the bottom are going to be much more prevalent above the fold or in the top area of your listing. The how-to
0: stuff though, I'm even seeing that now in the search results for almost every search. So there's like eHow and a a whole bunch of content that Amazon seems to have syndicated from some of these third-party... Well, maybe they're they're actually affiliate sites to Amazon, but uh, you know, we're we're you know, there's all these amazing I don't know demonstrations and and tips on you know how to use various products related to a particular product search. Yeah, usually sort of like about a third of the way down the page, or perhaps even twenty five percent of the way up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So
0: Amazon's definitely working very hard, as to your point, um, to try and get people away from how, you know the how-to sort of world, which is YouTube uh, and trying to retain those uh, those customers within their ecosystem, which is uh, yeah, understandable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. YouTube is not not a shopping platform. So if they can keep you on that market while you're in the shopping mood to answer your questions, I'm sure Amazon one day would, be, would love to be the place you actually go to have those questions answered, but
0: we'll see. Uh, it's uh, another bit of crystal ball gazing there as well. Uh, <laughs> awesome. All right. Now, um, the other thing that you mentioned as well was launching fails or certainly launching hacks I don't know where, where where do you want to go with the launching side of how amazon Amazon sellers what do you want to start with launching or do you want to go more into uh, listing optimization where do you want to go
1: I think maybe maybe we'll do maybe we'll do launching and then listing optimization because sure. it logically comes a little bit after okay. but you know the 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 launch stuff is super interesting we Maybe about 50% of our clients at Virtuous Graphics are people who are brand new sellers, people just starting off. So we get to see a lot of products. And as you can imagine, I'm sure that means all as, as well that we get to see a lot of products that were like, Oh my goodness, this is just not, not smart. Or it's something that I've seen many, many times. Mm-hmm. And so with that, now we, you know, when we're trying, when we're bringing on new clients, I try to give as much insight I can and, and extra little tips. But I guess the, the big thing that I would say, I'm going to start off with the things you do before your launch. And then as we get into listing optimization, I'll get into the things that you do once your listing is up. So the really important thing with before your launch is your product packaging and your product inserts. Um, the logo design is also in there, but a lot of people really overthink their logo design. They want that FedEx logo with the hidden arrow in it or the Amazon logo with the smile. Like It doesn't need to be anything fancy. It just needs to look good. It just needs to look clean. You can get it done for about a 100 bucks. Not a problem. Product packaging and product inserts are super, super important though. And that's where we see a lot of people go wrong. Is they find a product, maybe they've even differentiated it, but they're like, oh, I'm not very interested... And spending money specifically on product packaging. And that is one of the biggest biggest faux pas we see for a couple of different reasons. Number one is we use a program called PickFu, um, that we do a lot of testing. They've actually given us kind of free reign to run almost unlimited tests to test different criteria. And one of the things we're actually finding, and I'll we'll talk about this when we get to main images, but one of the really big things on your main image is showing your product packaging. And we've actually been able to show on a repeated, consistent, basis that showing your product packaging in your main image is going to drastically increase your click-through rate and it's drastically going to increase the perceived value of the product, regardless of if the product is actually a better product. And we are getting a lot of that feedback in the tests that we run from the customers. Mm -hmm. So product packaging is super, super important. Um, The other thing too, is not just putting your thing in a box Right. But also looking at some of the trends with product packaging. Mm-hmm. So obviously eco-friendly is a big one. Everyone thinks though only about recycled cardboard. The problem with recycled cardboard is the printing tends to be very, very dull. A cool alternative to that. And this is something that you could find from your supplier or just from looking around is a print on cornstarch. Right. So if you're selling, you know, an eco-friendly product, whatever it might be, think about doing a, doing a print on cornstarch. You can do a bunch of different things. Um, Yeah. I mean, product packaging is super important. It doesn't have to be a box. You can put it in a cylindrical tube. There's a lot of options out there. My biggest recommendation, because we get this a lot, is people say, where do I go? Just ask your supplier, ask your manufacturer, show them what type of products you want, and just say, hey, could you put me in touch with different people who might be able to help me out? Your manufacturer will have some of the best connections most of the time. Yeah.
0: With my packaging, um, that's something that I've always focused on with all the products that I sell on Amazon. And that's that's given... uh, To your point, uh, it's just uh, even when people, not only in the listings, but also when people receive the product as well, people actually um, mention the fact, you know, because I've got little magnetic kind of closing features and all sorts of things in there. I actually spend a lot on packaging to to really wow customers um, from a listing perspective, but also when they actually receive it as well. So, yeah, really, really top tip there on on printing and on packaging. I think, again, to your point, a lot of people spend a lot of money on product research, a lot of money on time a lot of money and time on product research and then also buying the product and then they really let themselves down with a poly bag, <laughs> you know. And- <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the biggest thing we see
1: is, yeah. uh, you know, we talk to customers and they say, hey, packaging is important. You're doing a launch. And they're like, well, I don't really have too much money. And I say, well, look, you spent $10,000 on your PO. You're spending mm-hmm. this much on freight, on this much on PPC. And you're honestly telling me you're not willing to spend, increase your cost of goods by, you know, a dollar per unit yeah. to get it out of the poly bag. Um, the other thing I'll do, and these, these are the last, like, quick, rapid-fire tips on packaging. Number one is try to explain what the product does on the packaging, or at least in some way, your main image, you're not allowed to have text. What's a clever way to get around that? On your product packaging. And then number two is make your packaging bright. Look at what of your, your other competitors are doing on, on page one, and you want something that's going to pop. It's going to catch your eye. It's going to be dynamic. That's how you're going to attract the eyes and increase your CTR.
0: Awesome, awesome tips there. PickFu is also another huge favorite of mine. So yeah, I'm really pleased that you mentioned PickFu, and and great that you've had to or you've had the opportunity to run so many tests and actually provide that amazing tip. Have that big data almost now, which is you know use your packaging with a picture of a product. In your main image, that's really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. We've. I'll get to more of it in the conversion optimization. We were able to meet Justin and John from PickFu and Prosper Show last year. We had been using their product, and so if you guys want to check out their website, we're gonna we have kind of this partnership with them where once a month we're doing a lot of image testing, and we're gonna kind of publish the results once a month on on a set of tests we've been running. So feel free to go and check out their blog. The, I mean, a lot of people don't know about PickFu, and I think it's one of the most powerful programs that not really many sellers know about or use.
0: It is the the best it's the best tool that you could use uh, you know as an amazon seller i think yeah and i totally agree with you i think it's a totally underutilized tool and within seconds well certainly within minutes you're still going to start getting some feedback on on an ab split test or an abc split test or whatever yeah main image headlines you name it it's just extraordinary fantastic for product research fantastic if you want to differentiate a product from what's already on amazon it's yeah the best tool going around anyway enough about that pick food. uh
1: Can I talk about product inserts real quick? And then, uh, I have one more thing and then we'll get into listing optimization. So product inserts are, are another, uh, another really big thing. These are not something that's optional in my mind. This is something that you need. And the reason why is this. We used to try to sell email follow up sequences. We didn't hardly sell any of them ever. And it was very apparent the reason why a lot of people, some people might not know this, but around 60%, maybe 70% of The people who shop on Amazon have unsubscribed from seller communication emails, which means those emails you send out when someone buys your products, the vast majority of people will never even get the email. And then the people that will open it and respond is very, very low. So what's a clever way to get around that? That's with your product insert they open the box you don't have a choice whether or not you want to unsubscribe it's just there this is your direct communication with the customer and a lot of people think about the review insert as just something that is hey if you like the product leave us a positive you know leave us your honest feedback and if you don't like the product contact us and we'll make it right that's it's a good product insert i highly recommend having them but kind of thinking outside of the box on the product insert number 1 is if you've got a complicated product you see a lot of negative reviews or questions or comments about the product that are related to something that could be easily explained on a product insert, that's super valuable. I saw another one recently, and this was really basic. It was literally just printed on a sheet of paper. And it was this long letter that was not handwritten, but typed out by this guy. Mm -hmm. And he was pretty much like saying, Hey, I'm about to get married. I'm selling or I want to get married. I'm selling this product on Amazon to help me afford my wedding. I would really appreciate if you could leave me a review. And it had like this long story. I highly doubt it was true, but it sounded realistic. So just simple things like that. Have a way to communicate with your customer. Make it something that's believable and really more than anything, try to provide value. Whether that's from giving them, hey, here's five interesting ways to use this product that you might have not have thought of. Here's best practices for cleaning and maintaining this. Here's a how-to guide for how to assemble it. Just think again, how can it make their life easier? How can it make the buying process and customer satisfaction strong on the back end? Product inserts are cheap. Mm. Throw them in there. It's definitely worth it.
0: The other thing I'm, I'm saying a lot more of as well is people, well, certainly sellers using uh, those product inserts to try and <laughs> – Turn a Amazon customer into one of their customers, you know, by email capture, warranty, um, you know, onto a chatbot list, that sort of thing as well. So, yeah, the insert is also another really, is also an excellent opportunity to potentially provide or just to, to gain that, that actual direct communication with a customer electronically later on as well. You know, whether it's for launching or maybe a review request, it might sound a little bit sneaky, but um, yeah, it's good to, good to have those Amazon customers as, as your own. Anyway, just
1: Yeah, and one th- one one thing I'll say about that is cuz you know, so technically it's 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 not allowed. Technically it's mm-hmm. not allowed to to divert traffic from Amazon. Um and try to get them onto your own platform. But a couple little clever hacks because we have customers and our clients ask us, hey, I know it's against TOS, but A, am I gonna get caught? And B, do you have any helpful tips? So if you're gonna get caught is it really depends if you have a product that's damaged. You know, I worked at an FBA fulfillment center. If it's damaged and someone from the ICQA team, the inventory analysis sees that and they see a website, they might raise something into seller into seller central and they they might tell you, Hey, you have to swap out your inserts or, you know, change something with your listing. Um, most times I think it's, it's, it's definitely a little bit risky, but you, I don't want to say you should do it, but it, it's up to you. The clever ways to get around it though, or to be a little bit more safe. Number one is you've got your nice big brand logo on there. And then instead of saying, hey, here's my website, you just put the logo like you'd see at the bottom of a normal website. Here's the logo for Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and then a little globe for the internet. And people are pretty easily going to be able to figure out, oh, I don't see a website per se, but I'm pretty sure if I type this into Google, I'll be able to find it. So that's thing number one, because putting a website on there, trying to divert traffic to that kind of thing, that's risky. Mm. Putting Instagram logos, that's a little bit more safe. The other thing that's really helpful too... I saw this recently is like, let's say I've got a c- cylindrical yoga mat that I'm selling. Mm-hmm. If I put the product insert against the yoga mat, and then I wrap that in a really tight plastic, uh, you know, mm-hmm. plastic layer mm-hmm. so that I would pretty much have to rip the plastic to get the product insert. If you say on the front of your product insert, Hey, get our lifetime warranty details on the back. What Amazon is really doesn't enjoy doing is they will never rip your packaging open unless it's deli- in unless it's actually broken. So, no one at the fulfillment center is going to do that because then it's going to be damaged out and amazon's going to have to refund it so if your product insert is against the product in a way that would actually destroy it or lead you to actually getting a a, a damaged refund then that is also very not not totally safe but a more safe way to go about doing it it only costs an extra couple of cents
0: what about having an email address on a product insert as well like contact me if you need help
1: look it 's totally up to you it 's definitely against TOS because what Amazon would say is they should your customer should only contact you through their amazon account it shouldn't be to an off Amazon email address
0: Fun times and great rock and roll here with Amazon they are awesome <laughs> 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 all right um, let 's talk about launching what's the next step here we've we've uh, we've got our packaging done we've got our product ready to rock and roll a listing.
1: Yeah, Chris. So I don't know if you have any kids, but you've probably heard before the phrase "YOLO." Have you heard that one?
0: Uh, yeah, but re- refresh my memory.
1: Okay, okay. So it's it stands for normally you only live once, but at Virtuous Graphics we really say you only launch once. And the reason why <laughs> the yeah. reason why is because when. You're launching a product. As you know, Amazon gives you this really cool grace period where they give you the benefit of the doubt and they kind of stack you up against people, major people who are selling this product and they want to see how you do. And if your conversion rate is roughly similar or maybe even at a higher level, they're going to say, Hey, this person deserves to be here. Let's keep giving them a chance. If you sell through the products and you have very low returns and you have high reviews, it's going to help you to rank very quickly. Mm-hmm. So this is a change that's only happened as of maybe the past six months. It's it's something that's pretty new. Before you had to do all these crazy things, crazy things to launch. You had to have this huge, uh, you know, acceleration of of sales to really inc- increase your BSR and get on page one through all these different launch services. You still definitely need to do that. You should run some PPC in the beginning. But now it's a little bit easier that if you actually just have a legitimately good listing from the get-go, it's very, it's a lot easier. I don't want to say it's very easy, but it's a lot easier to rank quick. So that's the biggest thing when you're launching. We have people say, hey, well, should I have, you know, can I launch with just a set of white background images and then I can pay to get some better photography done later? I would say no. Wait until you've got a full image set. Wait until your copywriting is good. Wait until you've done really good keyword research and you're ranking not just for the not just for the words that you think are important, but more importantly for the words that are relevant. Mm. Uh, so that you're going to increase your conversion rate. So that's, I guess, that's the really biggest thing with launching is is making sure you're really focusing at the end of the day on having a high conversion rate, and you're bringing people, you're bringing customers into your listing that are actually relevant traffic.
0: So where do you see people going wrong here, um, in in your experience? Where 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 are people getting it wrong these days with their launches?
1: Yeah. So a really big one is main image, right? That's the first point of where your sale starts. That's the first point of getting traffic to your listing. So the main image, really, what you're focusing on is your CTR, you're focused mm-hmm. on your click through rate, and so here's some really big tips on creating a really rock star main image. So when we ran the test with Picfu, we found two things. Number one is that people love product packaging; it really helps to sell. If you, you know, Amazon platform is very white, it's very bland. So if you're selling a product that's a dull color, it's light, it's not going to stand out, it's not going to catch anyone's eye. But what we found that was even more important than product packaging is showing the product in use, right? So this was huge. And it's something that we actually didn't even really know until we ran the tests over and over again on PickFu with showing the product in use versus showing the product with product packaging. And the results were so consistent. It's And the cool thing about PickFu is people don't just vote, hey, I like this one, I like this one. Let's they actually you. give you detailed feedback yeah. as to why they chose that. Mm. And so what we kept seeing over and over again, the commonalities was, I like image A because it's showing the product use. in use, it's showing the product's function, things like mm. that. So you can't do this with every product, right? But you can do this for a lot of products. Your primary goal... Um, I was thinking about this yesterday, preparing for the call. Imagine if I'm selling this thing that goes on your desk, and it's one of those kind of metal stainless steel pencil holders, right? Or a pen holder. Mm -hmm. A a really basic image, right, would be that pen holder on a white background. Okay, Mm -hmm. it's fine. It's pretty boring. You could use as your main image. Then maybe you've got your pen holder next to your product packaging. Okay, that's a little bit better. Maybe I can add some color. It looks a little bit cooler. But by far, what we've seen, the best option would be is to show the pen holder and then throw a couple of bright pens, pencils, maybe another, you know, a flower something just to catch your eye and just showing, hey, this is what it would actually look like on your desk filled with the things that it's filled with. Mm. Obviously, you can look at the first one or the second one and realize, yes, this is what I'm looking for. But it does such a better job of clicking when you actually see. I mean, you know what it is. You're not dumb. You're not stupid. But when you see it, you're like, oh, shoot, that's what I'm looking for, and you're going to click it. And so we've seen that is definitely what works the best. You should try to show your product in use. Another thing that I just want to clarify very quickly is a lot of people are very confused about terms of service in regards to showing props. And people really often get this wrong because they say, oh, my main image just has to be the product on a white background, and that is not true. You can't have any text. You can't add any kind of extra graphics. But Amazon is very specific that you're allowed to add props, and I think the exact language is, as long as they're relevant and not gratuitous. So if you throw a couple of props in there, and they're relevant to the item, and they're not just over the top with things that aren't related to the product, again, think about what Amazon Amazon says about being customer-centric. If it helps the customer make a better Buying decision and helps them understand, yes, this is what I want, let me add it to my cart, then Amazon's cool with that. And so just don't go overboard with props. Always try to add something, especially something with a bright pop of color to kind of catch the eye.
0: I totally agree with that. And in fact, I ran a pick food test very recently uh, where, you know, we're talking about product in use. And um, this is actually with a friend of mine, Phil. And we he he designed a product and we tested it against two other products that are one was a best seller and one's an Amazon's choice. And our our result actually, our pick food test, we came in second, so we weren't the most popular. But what we found was is that the the pick food test that won was showing the product in use with food. So it's a food related product. And it was actually showing, you know, the actual product itself that we were comparing ours to with food. And people voted for it because they said, I can see it being used with food like i can see what it's for you know it's actually holding food and uh and so that was a big big wake-up call for us that even though we didn't win we knew that if we had kind of compared the product apples for apples with food we would have probably won the test so you know it's uh yeah it's it's just amazing what you learn from a big food test about what what people want to see and what they
1: and honestly they like Sorry. Sorry there, Chris. And honestly, what we found too with PickFu, the biggest thing that I recommend and what we do for with our top tier photography package is we do kind of, I mean, internally, we call it progressive image testing, where we start out before we take any pictures at all. We just test the top three competitors to see what feedback we can get. Then we go and create the image, and then we test it again. And so kind of what you're explaining there is you, didn't, you wouldn't have really thought of that maybe just in and of yourself. But once you see the feedback, now it's very clear, hey, let's go add some food onto the image. So I think that's one of probably the best strategies. Some of our clients, like we see conversion rates and click-through rates that are just absolutely insane. And we don't get there from taking a good shot. We just get there from listening to the customers. So that's definitely the best strategy I have for wow. Um And uh, it's a good tool. That's
0: gold. That is gold. Seriously, <laughs> that is the best tip that I've ever heard on this show, I reckon. Yeah, that's it. That is really really smart. I can and cuz it, cuz it's happened to me, I can kind of see what and you're talking about. It, that's really clever. It
1: saves you, you know, and at the end of the day it's like I hope people come and work with Virtuous Graphics, but I also know it's not realistic. A lot of people use in-house teams. And so I know for me I'm not a creative person. Like, not at all. I can't use a camera at all. And so, like, I wouldn't think of these things. So, if I could, like, go before I spend any money on photography, spend, like, I don't know, $50 to get 50 responses from, from PicFu. I don't remember exactly what their individual pricing is. But if I can spend that and then have a very good idea of, hey, here's why people actually prefer this main image. Then I go and shoot it and then do it again. Like it, it just takes all the guesswork out of it. It doesn't, you know, a lot of this indecision, yeah. it really goes away.
0: It is awesome. This is turning into an advertisement for PicFu, isn't
1: it? It really yeah. is that good. No, I'm telling you, man. Every talk I give, I'm always like, "You guys have never heard of this, but PickFu, mm-hmm. this is the best thing you've never heard of. It's so great."
0: <laughs> it is. Uh, look, actually, I think the first time I got introduced to it was as usual. Kevin King was the f- sort of the first. Oh guy yeah, to- dude, that guy knows yeah, everything. He knows everything, <laughs> and he knows every single hack. And yeah, PickFu and rebate key and all that stuff. All those sort of as soon as anything new comes out, like 5 me or whatever, some new hack or some new really cool service for Amazon sellers, he's he's usually the first guy to talk about it and publicize it. So yeah, um, hats off. To him um, we are actually getting close to the end of our session. Do you have any other final tips or is there anything just quickly that we might have that you might want to cover?
1: Yeah, totally so I guess the last thing I'll really talk about is in terms of conversion, let's talk about really quickly the other things on the on the image I mean on the listing yeah, rather okay. and so you know I might catch a little bit of flack for this I was talking to a guy I went to a conference in Lithuania earlier last month and I was having this I was giving a talk on copywriting and I was actually saying I was like hey you know I'm giving a talk on copy but I actually don't think copy's that important because not everyone's going to list it read it most people are going to read your title they might get halfway 3 points down on your bullet points and then if you're lucky they'll read your description he said no I disagree with you I was reading this survey from Amazon uh, that Amazon did with their customers and they actually found that 50% of people actually read the copy on the listing and I said Yeah, man, that's my exact point. Only half of the people are reading, you know, the copy on the Amazon listing. And so when I'm talking about, you know, when I'm talking about, hey, aside from your main image, that's important to get people into your listing. That's important for your CTR. But when we're talking about converting clients that happens in your secondary images. And that's where you should focus first. So a lot of people are familiar with white background images, a lifestyle image, and then an infographic. What we try to do the most is something called a lifestyle infographic, where we show the product in use, and then we use text. And the format we use, and this is absolutely killer format. It works for some of our clients in really specific niche categories. We've seen. Conversion rates above sixty five percent, which is just nuts. nuts. Um, but it's it's when you have really really clear, you know, you got to think right. When people are shopping on Amazon, they're distracted. The phone's going off, kids running around in the background. They've had a, a rough day at work. So what you're really doing is you're fighting distraction. What you're really trying to do is convince someone in the minimal amount of time possible. Here's what the features of the product are. Here's why it matters to you. Let me go and add it to my cart. So the format we follow with infographics is very, very simple. It's just literally one line telling you what the feature of the product is, what the benefit is. And then the next line or the next area is explaining, why does this matter to me? We've done a lot of, Testing on PicFu, where we try to show like multiple key points in a product. But what we really find is with the vast majority of products, specifically the simple ones that a lot of new sellers are selling, is that there's really probably only between three to five things that the customer is really looking to find out before they actually buy the product. And so your goal as a seller should be to find out what those three to five things are and then to have those be if I'm going through, I see your main image first and then image two, three, four, five, and six are just like, here's what the benefit is. Here's why I need to buy it. Here's what the benefit is. Here's why I need to buy it. That way, if someone just clicks through your images, it's so clear to them that, hey, this is what I'm looking for. Let me add it to my cart. And then if they actually read your bullet points, if they read your description, that's just gravy. That's just them spending additional time on your listing, reading things that are ultimately going to convince them to buy. If you can't convince someone within your main image set... Within your secondary images, there's just so much higher of a probability that they're going to bounce, that they're going to have one of your other competitors open in another tab.
0: Um,
1: One last thing Mm -hmm. I'll say, and this is just a helpful rule of thumb, is we at Virtuous Graphics do something called the 15-second test. And that's essentially, if I've got a lifestyle infographic and I show it to someone who has no knowledge of this product, they've never seen this listing before, I should be able to show show them that image for about 15 seconds. And then I take away the image and I say, okay, what was that image trying to communicate to you? And if they can't tell me what that feature was, what the benefit was, and why they need to buy the product, then we've failed and we need to go back and do it again. And that's how concise you have to be. If it's ambiguous, I do this a lot when I'm auditing the work that we send to clients. If I look at it and right away, it's not very, very clear what we're trying to convey, then it's like, nope, we need to go
0: back and do it again. Cool. That's a great tip as well. That's almost as good as PickFu. No, it's probably better than (laughs) PickFu. That's really cool. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Um, super grateful to you for spending, what, we're up to about 40 minutes or so on our chat today. So yeah, it's been amazing and for dropping some so many value bombs there. Tell us how we can get in touch with you.
1: Yeah, sure thing. So, you know, Virtuous Graphics, I guess this is the, the, the quick little plug. Mm. You guys can send me an email, anthony@virtuousgraphics.com. You can chat into our website. We've also got an email for support at Virtuous Graphics. We've got about... Now we've grown pretty quick. I think we just added 10 employees in the last month. So we're up to about 40 full time creatives. We're based here in Manila, Philippines, but we're pretty much awake all the time. Uh, The bags under my eyes are getting serious as we get into Q4. So uh, just reach out. We do everything for the listing photo, graphic design, copy, and video. And we really try to take a data backed approach. All of our team has been specifically trained on not only Amazon TOS, but what actually works well to increase conversion rates and that's what we specialize in is just conversion optimization.
0: Fantastic. Thanks so much again and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to our paths crossing some sometime soon. Thanks again for coming on the show.
1: All right, Chris. Thanks so much. It was, it was a pleasure. Thanks so much.
0: All links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.